Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, Japuma. Welcome in, brother man. How are you? I think we came in a little too hot. Uh, the music was booming in that one, right? Yeah, yeah, we did come in a little bit too hot. It, it, it couldn't handle it couldn't handle your flow, but uh, yeah. I'm doing good, man. You know, we we finally got a uh, an end to the A Rod saga. You know, who knows what the hell is going on with CJ Stroud? Like, man, mm-hmm. what a time to be alive! And we're like, what, like 48 hours outside of the draft at this point? So, yeah, gonna, yep. gonna be fun stuff. It's it's that time of the year. Well, from here, it can only get better because Puma, I was, I, tell, I was telling you earlier today, somebody ran into my car. Somebody backed up into my car. I was telling you earlier, I woke up today. The weather was nice. It was sunny outside. I was going to go read my book in the park. So I went to the park. And as I'm depositing the coins into the machine for the parking, I'm looking over and I'm like, hey, this, uh, this truck is really close to my car. Uh, it's getting a little too close. Boom. Hits it right there. <laughs> You know, and, and immediately I shit you not, Puma. Like rage came over me. Like I got, I got red in the face. I got all angry. I went up to him. I knocked on the window. I'm like, "What are you doing?" Like as loud as I possibly could. And he's like, "Oh man, uh, I didn't even see you there." And the second he said, "I didn't even see you there," that made me even more mad. Like I expected a, "Hey man, I'm sorry about that." Like I'm so sorry. But he was just like, "Oh man, I'm sorry. I didn't even see you there." I just threw everything I had in the air and I walked away. I was just like, I, I gotta, I gotta be away from this guy for a few seconds because I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> Oh, that poor Mercedes man. That's that, that car's been through a lot, and now now it's been tattooed by a truck. Yikes! Oh, oh my god! But luckily, uh, we we got it all squared away, and uh, it seems like his company is fairly reputable. They they called me this afternoon to set up an estimate, so you know I'm uh, <laughs> I'm glad it's gonna work out. But I tell you what, I haven't I haven't really been in too many like accidents. Like obviously, I have issues like blown tires or you know things going bad with the car. But like accidents, I've like fairly I've stayed away from them. So it's it's uh you know it's uh it's it's always scary when that happens. I get yeah. I get a little angry. I get, I'm a little pro- protective of my cars, you know. I mean, <laughs> that that car is also like a little pothole magnet, so you better put yeah. that car in a bubble, bro. My <laughs> God. But I got through that, and uh, you know, happier happier times that are ahead. Um, and the one fan base that is ecstatic right now, Puma, is the New York Jets, because mm-hmm. the Aaron Rodgers to New York storyline has been going on for how many weeks now? Like a good like four oh. or five weeks. And people were starting to get antsy. And the New York Jets fans were convinced. They were convinced that he's going to go to the 49ers. But yesterday, the news broke that Aaron Rodgers is finally being traded to the Jets. So when you saw that, what was your first inclination? Uh, And uh, what was your thoughts on the trade package? Uh, So my first inclination was, thank God this is finally over. And thank God it's done before the draft. Um, You know, there's still, uh, you know, some moving pieces here. He has to, they had to restructure his contract to make the cap work. So, like, it should officially be announced tomorrow. Uh, But for all intents and purposes, like, this this deal is done. Um, I also find it kind of funny that this kind of got kicked into high gear, not only because of the draft approaching, but because uh, a certain NFC West team was putting out there that they may or may not be ready to move on from a certain quarterback they drafted in the first round. Uh, But, like, Compensation wise, just to read it off real quick, like the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, the uh, first round pick swap. So the Jets get the number 15 pick and then the 2023 fifth round pick, which is number 170. 
And the Packers get number 13 this year, 2023 second rounder, number 42, a sixth rounder uh, this year, a conditional 2024 second round pick that becomes a first if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps. Um, Jay, compensation wise, like I think this is obviously like a win win for both. But I mean, my God, man, like when you step back and you look, it's like there's no protections in there for like the Jets of what happens if Aaron Rodgers, let's say he has a bad experience. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to spend the rest of my life tripping on ayahuasca every weekend and uh, I'm going to retire. Let's say he does that. He plays 65% of the snaps this year. and You just sent him a first round pick and he retires at the end of the season. Like that, that to me is bananas. Uh, so at this point, like the Jets better win the whole damn thing this year because who knows what's going to happen next season. Well, there's so many questions around this and we'll, we'll dissect all of this, all of this from, from different angles. You know, obviously the one bigger one being, you know, what does Aaron Rodgers still have left in the tank? And I know people think that he's simply going to walk into New York. It's going to be a Tom Brady level of commitment, you know, where Tom Brady's walking into Brian Leftwich's house in the offseason trying to get jump on the playbook. People expect our Aaron Rodgers, and I don't think he's going to give that same effort, right? So if he's not that committed, then the question needs to be asked, can he still perform at that high level? Because last year, he fell off a cliff. I know Max Kellerman went on the you know airways five years ago and said Tom Brady's going to fall off a cliff, but I think he got the quarterback wrong. It should be about Aaron Rodgers because all the statistics from last year for Aaron Rodgers were by far the worst of his career. Touchdown interception ratio, completion, all that stuff was some of the worst of his career. And, and this is a Russell Wilson-esque of decline that I saw out of him last year. Now the question is, is going to continue or is he going to obviously rebound from that and give everything that he has to the New York Jets. Now, the thought process there is he's going to be pissed off. He's going to be motivated. He's going to want to go out there and prove himself prove, prove himself right. Um, but the, I, I seriously have questions about can he actually do that anymore? No, exactly. You know, let's think of the the, the new the market and the, the landscape that you're in now. You were in the NFC, uh, the NFC conference. Like, that is the most watered-down conference out of the two right now. You, you really just had to show up at times just to essentially move on to make a playoff berth. Now you're going to what you know what I've been calling for a while the hell in a cell of the AFC, mm-hmm. and we've seen games where things are not going Aaron Rodgers' way, and they're getting their teeth kicked in, and he essentially just checks out and just wants mm-hmm. nothing to do with that football game anymore. Like that might have flown in Green Bay, like that's not going to fly in the New York media market where you are now fighting with the Bills and the Dolphins and, you know, the, the Pats are what they are, but they're, they're still going to be lurking in the shadows at times. And then just look at the rest of the AFC. Like you can't really take games off essentially if things are not going your way. He's also passive aggressive. So would love to see what happens if, you know, he gets in front of a microphone and starts taking little pot shots here and there, at Rob Sala, or, you know, I know he's boys with Nathaniel Hackett, but you know, who knows? I mean, we all saw what happened last year with Nathaniel Hackett as a head coach. Maybe he's just made to be a coordinator, but I'm not holding my breath at that at that point. So uh, on paper, this roster is fantastic. Uh, Aaron Rodgers should put them over the top. And there's a reason why I think they now have like the within the top five best Super Bowl odds. And they have the second best odds to win the AFC East. And I believe it was like plus 250, uh, yeah. depending on what book you're looking at. But, you know, we all said the same thing last year about Russell Wilson. And to your point earlier, Jay, yeah, he won back-to-back MVPs, you know, a couple years ago. Last year was god-awful. And, 
you know, what's to say that this is not the, the, the first sign of, hey, maybe this is it for Aaron Rodgers. And maybe it wasn't just like him mailing it in because he didn't want to be with Green, the Packers anymore. And look at the look at the team like this is a whole new script. And like what's been the biggest knock on him the last couple of years, Jay? Like he's never there for OTAs. Mm-hmm. He's complaining about how he doesn't have a relationship with the wide receivers, but he doesn't show up there to put the work in. So by the time it's beyond halfway through the season and you essentially have to win out to make the playoffs, sometimes it's too little too late. I mean, Christian Watson finally came along towards the end of the season last year. Uh, Romeo Dobbs had flashes at the beginning, then he got hurt. Um, so, I mean, he's got his, he's got his boy. He's got Lazard there and who knows if Randall Cobb's going to be there and Nathaniel Hackett, but yeah, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, you know, he, I, b- I believe for the New York Jets and what they need out of him, they've got a young roster, right? They've got a bunch of young players that need to be molded, right? And usually a veteran quarterback provides that leadership and that molding, right? Unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers, that's not his strong suit, right? His strong suit is being aloof and throwing the ball off platform 60 yards down the field. You know, you know, not to use Tom Brady as a, as a comparison here, but you know, Tom Brady would have been perfect for the New York Jets because of what they need out of him as a leader. For those young, for that young roster, I think Aaron Rodgers is the complete opposite of that. So the question I have for you, Puma, is if this goes off the rails, let's say they are three and three halfway through the season, do you think? And that's not that's not even off the rail. Let's say it's two and four. Let's say the New York media is getting to him. It's two and four. It didn't start out like they think it was going to start out. Do you think that could take a turn for the worse, or do you think that Aaron Rodgers has enough backbone to veer that onto the right track? Because I, I truly believe, I truly believe, if they get off to a rocky start when they try and mesh together for the first six weeks, I think he could implode underneath that New York pressure. I think so too. And just look at the last couple of seasons. Uh, a couple of people were pointing this out, uh, like Katie Mox at CBS. She's freaking fantastic. And uh, actually met her on a train one time. But um, she, oh, you're uh, she, talking about that? Yep, she brought up a good point uh, on, a, on a show either yesterday or, or earlier today. Where if you look like the last couple of seasons, Aaron Rodgers and like, you know, specifically the Green Bay Packers, they've gotten off to slow starts. And again, mm-hmm. like that'll work in Green Bay and that'll work in the NFC. But yeah. now you have these Super Bowl or bust expectations. You have, you know, Mike Greenberg pretty much crying on get up this morning. <laughs> and, you know, Craig Carton now putting the Jets as the number one team in the NFL right now and Jesus. all that stuff like the, the pressure is going to mount. And yeah, sure, Rodgers has been there, done that. But this is a young team, uh, a young group of skilled players that are that's fantastic. But at the same time, like this is going to be their first real dose of pressure that they're going to have to run into. And if things are, you know, if things are going south and like you said, they're two and four, they're, they're you know, two and five, like something like that, like that, that could definitely get interesting because honestly, I, you know, as much as, some friends of the pod like to say about the AFC least, which I think oh is God. comical comparing to, you know, what division they come from. Yeah, uh, right. You really can't lose pace in this division. Like you have to, you have to be able to keep up with the bills, regardless of how people think that the Super Bowl window may or may not have closed. Uh, I'm expecting a big lead from the dolphins this year. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Homer, so you can't lose steps. So every game's going to matter in this at this point. And I, I'm not holding my breath on Aaron Rodgers being able to keep it together. So at the moment, most draft books have them out of the AFC somewhere in that four range. So you got the Chiefs, obviously. You've got the Bengals. You've got the Bills. And then you've got the Jets. Um, I, I think in fairness, I think that's a little... 
I think it's a little too high for them at the moment. I mean, I want to see them play a few games before you start getting to that. But at the moment, I really do think that like they're probably even behind the Ravens if Lamar Jackson is healthy and engaged, right? Um, I'm big on the Cleveland Browns this year. I think they're going to have a massive year. They're going to be the dark horse nobody saw coming. So, you know, we're looking at they're probably somewhere in that 6-7 range with like the Chargers, the Jags, that kind of range in my opinion. And obviously, if Aaron Rodgers has an MVP level of season, like then that's that's a different story. I mean, if he goes back to his MVP days, then yeah, he'll be up there with the Chiefs. But the way I've seen him the last couple of years and where this just roster, Jets' roster is right now, they're more of a sixth seventh best team in the afc at the moment right and jay like real quick i mean we, we've beaten to death what the afc landscape is but like yeah. you're you're the jets you're a jets fan uh i'm not saying you are right now but put the jets fan hat on uh you win you win 11 games you get a wild card wild card spot aaron Rodgers has like an mvps performance but you know falls short and gets knocked out in the playoffs that that has to be a colossal failure, right? Like they're they're like. Would Look, you... do you think do you think it's do you think it's Super Bowl or bust for the Jets? Do you think I, right now they believe it's Super Bowl or bust? I think so. With really? how this with how this package came about, I mean, honestly, Jay, it's like I said earlier, it's not beyond the realm of possibility. This goes south, and at the end of the season, yeah. it's like you know what? I'm going to retire. You just gave up essentially like a first round. You gave up a, a pick swap, right? a couple of seconds, and then a conditional second that could become a first. I don't think he's ever failed to play 65% of the snaps. So mm-hmm. let's just chalk it up as, okay, you're getting a first-round draft pick, you know, Green Bay uh, for next season's draft from the Jets. Whether or not that's going to be in the 20s or they're going to have the Russell Wilson experiment is going to be in the top five. I don't think it's going to be that. But I, I think, honestly, this is uh, this is Super Bowl or bust. That's definitely going to be the, well, the – if the that's truly fans, if that's truly what the New York Jets fans are expecting, then they've got to adjust their expectations. Simple as that. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. like this is not a Super Bowl winning team because Aaron Rodgers is not that leader. Aaron Rodgers, when he was 15 and one with this with the Green Bay Packers, lost to a bad Seattle Seahawks a bad Seattle Seahawks team, in my opinion. Aaron Rodgers lost to Jimmy Garoppolo last year. Like we all remember that, right? Jimmy Garoppolo put up 10 points in the playoffs and he lost that game. No, he. No matter what he has, he's not that type of quarterback to get you back to the Super Bowl on a consistent basis. He won once, and he was lucky as hell to do that. I don't think he's gonna be able to repeat that luck. Mm-hmm. Now, sure. real quick, just from like the 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 other aspect of the Jets' angle here is, what are you gonna do with Zach Wilson now? Because like mm-hmm. I've heard this narrative of, yeah. oh, he's gonna sit behind Aaron. Yeah. He models his game after Aaron. Aaron Rodgers couldn't stand to be in the same room <laughs> as Jordan Love. You yeah. think he's really going to show like this young whippersnapper that's been buried by the New York media market how to conduct himself as a quarterback? Like he's going to want to start at some point. The yeah. Jets are going to have to figure out if they're going to pick up his fifth-year option. And I find it hard to believe that they're going to pick up the fifth-year option and not have him play. Like you can't base that off of what he looks like in practice with the scout team. And honestly, I think there's like another quarterback on that roster on the depth chart that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is boys with. So like, there's a good chance Zach Wilson is QB three on that depth chart is going to be inactive day in and day out. Yeah, well, we all we all remember that quote from uh, Zach Wilson, right? I'm gonna make that dude's living life live in hell, right? Yeah, okay. 
<laughs> well, I saw I saw Aaron Rodgers like that tweet today. It was absolutely hilarious. But I mean, I really don't know. I don't know what Zach Wilson's plan there is. And this is just the Jets being the Jets. If you're going to bring in Aaron Rodgers, you've got to essentially cut bait with Zach Wilson. You've got to understand that you have two years of Aaron Rodgers and there's a good chance you're going to draft a quarterback in a year or so to kind of sit behind Aaron Rodgers and get him ready for the future. Zach Wilson at that point, you know, if two years from now is going to be at the end of his five-year uh, rookie deal, like there's just, there's just too much, you know, vagueness there. Uh, it seems like there's no real plan. It seems like they really like the kid and they don't want to let him go for some reason, but he can't really play either. So I, I really don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, the for all intents and purposes, like it sounds like Zach is a hard worker in mm -hmm. the building. That's at probably practice. what's keeping him there. That's probably that's what's keeping it. him there. That's yeah. I think that's the only thing that is keeping him at at, at, for, uh, at Fordham Park. But I mean, at some point, listen, we've the the Arizona Cardinals are a lot of things, and we're about to find out in a lawsuit that's coming up in, in you know the next couple of days. But I will say this: like the, at least the the Cardinals had the cojones. To they drafted the, the they they drafted Josh Rosen, and he had flashes and it didn't work out, and they cut him the next year and they took Kyler Murray number one. Now the the yeah. jury's still out on what Kyler Murray is, but like the pivot to Kyler Murray was the correct move, and at least they had the stones to do that. And regardless of the guaranteed money that Josh Rosen's you know getting or was getting, I think that finally ran out last year off of his rookie contract. But, I mean, the, the Jets need to take a long look in the mirror and, and figure out, like, is Zach Wilson really going to ride the bench and we're going to pay him this guaranteed money and or pick up the fifth-year option on just how he looks in practice? Or are we yeah. going to be able to, like, move on and actually grow a pair and, and, and cut bait? They should cut bait. There are Jets fans that I'm friends with that think they need to – that he's just going to magically get thrown – into this ayahuasca Lazarus pit <laughs> from Aaron Rodgers, and yeah. he's gonna magically come out and be like the second coming of Joe Namath and Joe Montana. And I'm sorry, people, like newsflash, it's not how it works. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, um, let's move on to some CJ Stroud news, Puma. So it um, every year. This is technically, you know, we call it draft season, but it's also called lying season because so much misinformation comes out. And it seems like the hot button of misinformation coming out the last couple of weeks has been surrounding CJ Stroud. Before the season started, CJ Stroud was going to be one of the, if not the best quarterback in NCAA. And last year he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NCAA. So because of his performance, he's currently rated somewhere between one and two and three. Technically speaking, he's a quarterback two in this draft behind Bryce Young, right? That's basically the consensus for everybody. Well, a, uh, a report came out that he took the S2 cognition test results, um, and he was apparently one of the worst ones at that test. Uh, just to give you guys a benchmark, the S2 test is given to a lot of these quarterbacks to kind of gauge their cognitive functions, right? Um, they need to understand these, uh, these front offices. How quickly can you process information? And this test does that for you. To give you guys some numbers, Bryce Young had a 98. Will Levis had a 93. Um, Anthony Richardson had a 79. Hendon Hooker at 46. And CJ Stroud at a 18% is what the report said. Uh, he, that he scored on the cognition test. So the question I need to ask you, Puma, is 
what do you make of this report coming out? And do you think this is a either he's a dumbass, right? Simple as that. <laughs> or B, this is some sort of spin or some sort of like information being sent out there by teams to somehow have his draft stock tumble. Like I, I can't make sense of this. 18%? Like what are you like just showing up and like falling over during the test? Like what's happening here? <laughs> I mean, the SAT, they give you like 200 points yeah. to get your name right. But honestly, Jay, I think, I think this is more – than just like the test results because i think like around that same time was you know brady quinn coming out and saying like what he heard about cj stroud and essentially like you know go to the pick six podcast and you know listen to the brady quinn football episode from two weeks ago he went into it more in depth but essentially he got dove climbing and dove climbing likes to take snippets of things that not fully in context Mm -hmm. and just put it out there for the clicks and uh, he pretty much kicked over the beehive. And essentially, like Brady Quinn was saying, I'm paraphrasing here, he is still like CJ Stroud is still his second best quarterback in the draft. But they, he was hearing reports of how he essentially bailed on the Manning Passing Academy last minute. Uh, there were, in, you know, how that raised some red flags with some of the football teams that were interviewing him because, in his words, the Mannings are football royalty. Jay, don't shoot yourself. I'm sorry. That's what Brady said. Um, but, you know, that became a thing. Ryan Clark and, and you know, oh RG3 and a couple other people, which, by the way, I didn't realize this, that they apparently all shared the same agent as CJ Stroud. So oh, there might be some connections there. There is. There but, is. like, ah. you know, there, there was an article. And, you know, yeah. Jay, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, you're in the foxhole over there. Like, there was media out there saying that he committed to be a counselor at the Manning Passing Academy, and let me ask you he a question. no-showed. Let me, ask you, let me ask you a simple question, Puma, because you have heard this from me and not even my brother in the group chat. Over the last couple of years, before the draft process came around, you heard us voice some negative opinions about CJ mm-hmm. Stroud, right? And those negative opinions didn't have to do with his football play on the field. Uh-huh. It wasn't about the fact that he can throw a football or he can move in the pocket or he can read defenses. We always talked about there was something missing with him in his mental makeup, in his character, in his who he is to his core. At, at the core of his personality, I think he's a me guy. I think he's selfish. And when I heard that story about Brady Quinn saying that he didn't show up to the, 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 the Manning Passing Academy, I was like, yeah, that's just who he is. Like for me as an Ohio State fan from the inside seeing this, I was like, yeah, that's not, it's not a big deal. Like that's just who he is. He, he is his own guy. He doesn't care about you. He cares about himself and his stats, right? But I was stunned when it took on a national like buzz about, oh, you're trying to besmirch his character. Oh, you're trying to like, it got to race as well a little bit. And oh, then, oh, I mean, yeah. as soon as that came out, I'm like, yeah. oh. Well, the race you know, part, I'm not even train touch. is never late. I'm not even going to touch the race part of it, but as strictly speaking for, for two years now, you know, we saw, we saw as Ohio state fans, what Justin Fields was as a leader. And the one thing I always said about Justin Fields was the guy was a leader through and through, and we would run through a wall for him. So when we see a quarterback come right after him, that is lacking in some of those, we see that as a difference. Like, Oh, we can totally see where the lack of difference is in that leadership. The skill sets are somewhat the same. So, I'm not shocked all this is happening. And the question I need to ask you, Puma, is out of all the information you've heard, not just through like Twitter, but the stuff that you heard from me for the last two years, are you really surprised that this is kind of coming out now or no? No, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, you know, the way the way you've been talking about it, 
It's spot on, right? It's been, I mean, for two it's years. not the beyond second, the realm. The it's pretty much saw, a lockstep. The second I saw him not be able to close that game against Oregon his freshman year, or the first year he started, and mm-hmm. then afterwards he, he was somewhat boasting about his own stats, I, I was like, oh, I know everything about this kid. And then it was confirmed to me when he lost to Michigan that first year, and he still held, he still held his head high because he played well. Jay, quick question. Like, was he wasn't on he wasn't on the roster when Dwayne was there, right? No. Haskins? No, no. Okay. No, he was he was on the roster when Justin Fields was there. Okay. But like yeah, he so wasn't Dwayne... like a third string or quarterback or, or anything. No, no, no. It was Dwayne, it was Justin, and then it was CJ. And then um, yeah, that's basically what it was. Okay. Because like what you just said about like being happy about the stats and like, hey, we lost to Michigan, but like that's literally what happened with Dwayne Haskins. When he was with the Washington football team, too. Uh, yeah, that but that that switched for Dwayne. Dwayne switched somewhere down the line because Dwayne mm-hmm. at Ohio State was one of the best leaders I've ever seen. The, okay. the, the, the guys loved him. He was galvanizing the locker room. They would they would rally around him. And Justin Fields learned from uh, learned from Dwayne Haskins and how to be a leader. It seems that CJ Stride is where the link wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? Like and, and going forward, you know, I'm not really happy with our quarterback situation this year for the Buckeyes in Kyle McCord because he athletically is not as gifted as CJ Stroud. But Kyle McCord's intangibles and his heart will more than make up for what, what he's missing. Uh, on the athletic side of things. And it would be stunning if somehow we finally end up beating Michigan this year. And the two years we lost was when CJ Stroud was our quarterback. You feel me? So it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see how that works out. So with, with it's, the perceived percent, you know, it's being put out there that like the draft stock is sliding. And I, I, I think it is like, do you, do you think he slides like out of the top no. 10? No, absolutely not. Absolutely. Oh, not. These, these quarterback, these, these teams get so quarterback thirsty, bro. Like, you know it, I know it. Well, we Some thought the same thing two years ago with Justin Fe- with with Justin Fe- that whole draft class with Justin Fields and McCorkle yeah. and, and yeah, but and he all went that. eleven. He was like what one spot outside of ten. Like, I mean, it's there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm like saying, top five. What I'm saying is CJ Stroud, even if he slips outside of top ten, like if he gets to eleven or twelve. He's not, he's not going to slide down to 22 like Aaron Rodgers did back in the day. Like I, that, That's not what's going to happen just because these these teams are so quarterback thirsty. You feel me? And they're going to make a mistake in drafting him for his athletic abilities and kind of not looking at the fact that his intangibles aren't really there. He's not a good leader. So where do you think he goes? Like today on the 25th? Today, today I still feel the Texans are going to take him. I still feel the Texans are going to take him. I think it's a smokescreen. I think they're trying. I, this is what I feel, and we'll touch more about this on the on the Texans. Actually, you know what? This is perfect segue. Look at that! Oh, the Houston Texans draft strategy, <laughs> professionals. But I think the Houston Texans draft strategy is they will move off the number two spot if they get blown away. If they get blown away by the trade offer. But I do think they like CJ Stroud enough, not love. They like him enough to draft him. Because I don't think Davis Mills is a guy. Like, I, I truly don't. I mean, mm-hmm. Davis Mills is, you know, uh, he is who he is. But if you take C.J. Stroud, you take Jackson Smith and Jigba at number 12 because the Houston Texans have two first-rounders, you've got your corner pieces on offense moving forward for the next 10 years if they pan out. Now, obviously, that's a big if they pan out, but I can see them going that route. So I'm kind of on the other side of the feds. I think yeah. I think if Bryce Young is taken, and clearly it sounds like Bryce Young is going to be taken by the Carolina Panthers, I'm kind of in the camp, I guess you could say the consensus right now, that the Texans are going to take a defensive guy and probably okay. Will, Will Anderson. Will Anderson, yeah. 
I think that's going to happen. Um, you know, if you want to get like, let's get psychotic, like let's get nuts. Like they take Will Anderson, then with the 12th pick, they take Hendon Hooker in the back half of the first round. But um, no, I think, I think if uh, I think Bryce Young is their guy and you could just draw the lines from New England to Alabama with, you know, Casario and, and all that nonsense here. I think if, if, uh, if Bryce Young is taken off the board, I think they're going to go, on the defensive side of the football. And with that being said, like with, I could see CJ Stroud potentially falling to 11th with, with the Tennessee Titans. Like, you know, I don't think the Raiders are going to take them. Um, if the Raiders are going to get involved in the quarterback market, they'll probably go with the higher ceiling. Like we said last week of Anthony Richardson. Um, but I, I feel like the Titans are so, you know, in the, in your words, thirsty to be mm-hmm. moving off of, uh, the Ryan Tannehill experiment, uh, Malik Malik Willis was not did not work out at all. They seem to be in a in a rebuild uh, rebuild uh, capacity at this point. I think they would probably think of getting their alleged quarterback of the future if if he slides to them at eleven. Yeah, so let's talk about that real quick. So we've got potential teams moving up, right? So you've got. Raiders, right? They're they're mm-hmm. looking like they're gonna try to move up and try to get to that spot. Maybe they want to leapfrog. You know, maybe they can't work out a deal with the Cardinals. Maybe they want to leapfrog the Colts. So you know, obviously they they can make a move up. You've got the Colts themselves. They want to sorry about that. Move up a couple spots and get their guy. And then, like we said, the Titans they're gonna come up from the number eleven spot. Um, anybody else like besides those three teams that could be essentially making a play to move north, or do you think that's basically it? I think that's it. Um, and a lot of people have the Seahawks thinking about taking a quarterback too. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're taking a quarterback at all either. I think if, if anything, like they, they might take a flyer on maybe Hendon Hooker at the, at the mm-hmm. end uh, of the, maybe they trade back in the first round, they get, get him the second type of deal. But I don't think Seattle's taking a quarterback in the first round. So I feel like it's for CJ Stroud, it's either going to be the Texans if it goes the way you're thinking. The yeah. Colts, I think they're going to go. They're all in on the Will Levis, uh, you know, fiasco that's about to happen with the mayonnaise and eating bananas with the peel on it. Um, the Raiders, but I don't think it, you know, I don't think he's going to fit in there. I think there's going to be a sneaky team that we aren't thinking about right now that maybe doesn't even need a quarterback right now that could come up and take one of these guys that is an experimental guy. And the guy, the team that I'm kind of keeping an eye on is Detroit Lions because the Detroit Lions have two first round picks, right? They're sitting mm-hmm. at number six, and they're sitting at number eighteen. Let's say at number six they move up. Let let's say they move. Let let's say somebody slides. Let's say CJ Stroud gets down to eleven, like last year, right? At that point, you're only five spots down with the Detroit Lions. You can you can move on up and strike and take CJ Stroud, right? So keep an eye out for somebody like the Detroit Lions. How about somebody like the Washington Commanders? I mean, they're sitting at sixteen, right? They need a quarterback. They've got a new owner in the building, right? They want to make a big splash. Now there are reports, and this is so funny. There are reports that Washington Commanders are already in twenty twenty four mode, where they're trying to be all in Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna go ahead and try to accrue as many draft picks as they can this year, and next year to try to move up and have enough ammunition. But let's say they get put in a position where somebody falls and they're within three or four picks of striking distance. Why not? Big splash for the new owner coming in, right? Well, they like Howell in the building, though. That's that's the thing. I don't. I, I the logic is sound to me. A bit to me, if Dan Snyder was still owning that team, it would yeah. make sense because Dan Snyder's going to Snyder it up. But 
I mean, honestly, Jay, like, and you know, let's, let's hit on it real quick. Like is the quarterback class next season with Caleb Williams and Drake man company. Is that like, that, that's clearly Light better years. than this year. One. Light years. That, that's like having, in my opinion right now, a lot can change. In my opinion right now, Caleb Williams is like Patrick Mahomes and Drake May is like Joe Burrow, okay? So you have a Patrick Mahomes, Joe burrow S draft. You know what? Let's, let's, actually, that doesn't make any sense because Patrick Mahomes wasn't a high draft pick. That's a Andrew Luck. He was Luck. like 11, wasn't he? Yeah, but I'm talking like number one overall. Oh, yeah. I'm talking like I'm talking Drake May could be number one overall in his own draft and Caleb Williams is going to be number one overall in his draft. So we're talking like Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Luck in the same draft. Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow in the same draft. So think about that. If you have those two guys high up there, then eventually, you know, you're going to make those moves up and you're going to try to secure one of those guys. Now, I'm going to keep beating this drum this whole year, Puma. Quinn Ewers is going to be a guy that's going to start rocketing up draft boards. All the physical skill sets are there. When the NCAA football season starts and Texas gets on a hot roll this year, his draft stock is going to go through the roof. He's going to be a guy as well that's probably, like, put it this way. In next year's draft, he's going to be number third behind those two guys, right? But in this year's draft, with how he's going to progress, I think Quinn Ewers would probably be number one. Okay. Yeah. Got and it. Bryce Young would probably be like number four, number five in next year's draft. That's how that's how deep that draft talent is going to be next year. Okay. So honestly, like if you're the back half of the first round or even past midway, like there really is no incentive to move around the chess pieces. Nope. To play for next year. Play for next year. Kick the can okay. down the road. So do you think the Texans would do that? With all that being I said, like I, I feel like mm -hmm. if they take a defensive guy at number two, they're yeah. just going to wave the white flag this season. Basically, basically, if they trade down or they take a defensive player, they're basically going to wave the wave the white flag, play it out with um, what's that guy's name? What's the guy? Uh, da Mills. Davis Mills. Davis Mills. They're going to play it out with Davis Mills and then shoot for next year. Sick. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, a quarterback that we can't seem to. Put a finger on Puma. Uh, Will Levis, the guy that puts mayonnaise in his coffee, the guy that eats uh, banana peels as well, the guy that I know as the Tom Brady fan, and that's why I love him, <laughs> has some has a has some different opinions on where his draft stock is gonna end up. Right. So some people say he's gonna be number one overall. Some people say he's not even worth drafting in the first 10, 10 picks. Over the weekend. Some Reddit user started some rumor that he's going number one overall, which made all the, the draft boards like have him odds at number one, which makes no sense at all. But can you put a gauge on what's happening with this Will Levis market? So draft markets are fantastic because they're just reactionary to any news. So which which is shocking know, because I thought that inside information. I think they, me and all honestly, of America were Jay, like, you know what? They're making educated guesses over there. And look, it turns out they're just like us sitting at home and be like, oh, well, I saw this, you know. Some of them do honestly, Jay. I think this is how it kind of plays out. Like obviously the sports books, I feel like have their inside info because you just see how quickly, like on game day, right? Or even leading up to game day when the injury reports come out during the week, you you might see some you know funny looking lines, and then you start yeah. seeing like the injury report come out, and then the line kind of seems to make a little bit more sense type of deal. I think they have enough; they have some inside info, but the problem is is they're also reactionary. So you have Bob Smith from like you know Wilmantic, Connecticut, coming out on Reddit <laughs> saying, "Hey, my you know a friend of a friend of a friend." that knows Will Levis's uncle Bobby Joe 
is saying that Will was like getting liquored up at a family reunion saying, oh, they're telling me I'm going to go first overall. Well, you start having that. you start having people throw money on Will Levis at plus 1,800 to go first overall. And then you see that report come out like the books have to protect themselves. So they're going to shoot those odds straight down so they don't get middled, essentially. So um, it's a reactionary market. I think it's comical. Jay, I'm sorry. Like, I I, I love Frank Reich. Um, Dave Tepper is a bit of a wild card, in my opinion. I don't think they're going to put the the hands of a rebuild uh, in, in the hands of Will Levis. Like, I, I'm Absolutely sorry. Not. Like, I will be happy to be proven wrong if, like, the comps of Josh Allen – According to you know Pete Prisco is correct. I'll take the L if I'm if I miss the boat on that. But I mean, he doesn't seem to be like the guy that a lot of players seem to gravitate to, according to the the, the Giardi uh, news report today from a local Boston radio. But then you have other sides of the house saying like, oh, well, he grew up wiping his ass with a Tom Brady jersey. Or something oh, like here that. we go, here but, we go, here comes but, the shots. <laughs> but like, they're really. And I know like everyone's game could be picked apart in this draft class, uh, probably short of Bryce Young. The only thing that's going to nick him is just his height. If he was 6'4", like there would be no be question. Be but, I mean, I watched that Kentucky-Florida game, and there was nothing – granted, there was nothing inspiring from Anthony Richardson in that game either. Mm-hmm. But Will Levis really didn't do a whole lot. And I know down the stretch this year he might have been dinged up, but he kept on playing. But, I, I mean, it's – the Kentucky aspect of things, it just it did not warrant to me being taken to the top five. I think the other thing with that is, you know, he sucked this year at Kentucky. I truly will give you that. But he played pretty well last year at Kentucky. Like, obviously, last year's Kentucky team was much better, better offensive talent around him, and that essentially is the reason why he looks so good, and this is why he took a step back this year was because of the, the, the lack of talent on that roster. Now, that speaks to the fact that he doesn't have what it takes to essentially uplift the team, right? He can't up- uplift a crap roster into a medium, medium, uh, medium roster. So that that's part of it as well. But were you surprised as I was when you saw that Will Levis scored a ninety-three on that S two test? Because I was, I was, a bit. I, I was like, I was like, you're putting mayonnaise in coffee. You're eating like, bananas the, with the peel on it. I was like, the, the guy that does like bodybuilding stupid poses in in the mirror, like on Instagram, is the one that has scored a ninety-three. Like, okay, uh, all right, I mean, fine, whatever. <laughs> so Jay, like, give me, can you give like the viewership some background? Like, what happened at Penn State, and why did he leave for Kentucky? Like, was it one of those deals where it was like Fromm and Justin Fields type of deal? Granted, Fields had well, more background, more not off the field issues. Like he was a bad dude, but like there were other well, things going on at play in Athens. Well, Will Levis, Will Levis at Penn State was going to be the next guy. Cause I remember watching him thinking, oh, oh God, if he ever develops, like, oh, we're screwed out. We're screwed as Ohio State fans. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Because he has all the measurables. He can run like the wind. He's big. He's yoked up. He can throw the ball 60 yards off platform easily, right? The problem is he never took the job from Sean McLaughlin, some no-name quarterback, some some guy that was just holding the, the seat warm, what, what, I, what I thought he was holding the seat warm, and Will Levis is going to take it from him because he was the high recruit coming in. But he never took that job from him. He never developed. And he only developed late when he went to Kentucky. Now, part of that, could be the coaching at Penn State, right? 
that's key in all of this. I mean, he leaves Penn State, goes to Kentucky, runs a pro-style offense, and all of a sudden he's just shooting up draft boards, right? So that's part of it on Penn State as well. But the but the physical skill sets were there for Will Levis. He just never developed at a quick enough pace at Penn State for him to take that job. Now, let's say if he stayed for another year, he probably would have taken that job, right? But then again, it comes down to the coaching and the offense they were running as well. Now, Franklin was the head coach, right? Or James is... Franklin, yep. It's still, okay. still the head coach. Yep. Yes, sir. Got he it. Is. Yep. Got it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's quite a bit of smoke around Will Levis, um, and I only bring it up because you know me as being a Patriots fan, um, there's a little bit of hope that somehow the Patriots like Will Levis and they could take him. And if that happens, Puma, like oh my goodness, it's not to be real with you, Puma. I don't even like Will Levis that much. If you can't tell, it's just a such an anti Mac like you know take for me here that I'll I'll just I'll just hitch my wagon to anybody. You feel me? Like it's one but, of those things where like it's one of those things when you're like if you're dating a a murderer, like you don't think that dating a rapist is as bad because the murderer is so much worse. You feel me? Like that's that's <laughs> it's a best it's a bad way to put it that. But I'm just saying I, I'm just so anti Mac Jones that I gotta go ahead and you know essentially ride the the fence with. with Yes, that yes, that's how much I do not like Mac Jones. Oh, okay. Um, I wouldn't have made that call, but <laughs> in the in the words of Booker T, did he really just say that? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you mean, me, Puma? Like the guy, the guy is not good. All right, Mac Jones but is not good. I, yeah, I, just, the, I just want anybody that isn't Mac Jones. Okay. Here's the thing, though. If yeah. if he. But, you know, the reports are all over the place. I will give you that caveat that the reports are all over the place. But Mike Giardi is a pretty reputable guy, like in that used to be covering the, the Pats until NFL Network, you know, trimmed the fat with, with some layoffs recently. Which is good. I think Mike Giardi's overrated as hell, by the way. But I know, unpopular opinion. Enough. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> but, I mean, there in, in his in his little press spot today on the I, I think it was like the Felger show on uh, on actually uh, NBC Sports Boston. Um, he was saying about how Will Levis didn't really have anyone gravitate, you know, like you said, uplift the talent type of deal. Uh, no one really went out of their way to kind of be around him. Wouldn't that fall in the same vein as Mac Jones? So at this point, no. like you just want no. the talent no. of people, Will people, compared people, to the pop gun. People don't understand. People don't understand. Like, like Puma, you got to open your eyes here for a second. He, Mac Jones actively undermined Bill Belichick. Like, do you understand how bad that is? Like, I get it. I totally understand that Bill Belichick put the kid in a bad situation with, with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Fine, that's bad. But eventually, Mac Jones has to get over it. He has to get over it and not undermine Bill Belichick. Like, what Mac Jones did in, in Bill Belichick's eyes is unforgivable. Like, and I can truly see this ending in a dumpster fire because no matter what happens, no matter what happens, Mac Jones is never going to get back on Bill Belichick's good side. That's why you hear all these stories out there about Will Levis. Like, it seems that Will Levis, no matter, it seems that Will Levis doesn't have that vindictive quality that Mac Jones has. You feel me? Like, it seems like Will Levis will essentially. I mean, I don't I, listen. I, I can't go out there and say for, for if he's gonna be that that guy that follows orders, but it seems that Mac Jones was the the type of guy that that Bill Belichick despises. The the why guy? Why are we doing this? Can you explain this to me? You know. And then when it's not explained to him, he actively undermined Bill Belichick. Like, how is that not like? How's that? So, how, that's so bad. Like, you can't do that in an NFL locker room, especially a Bill Belichick locker room. 
<coughs> oh, it's a microcosm of society today, right? It's everyone else's fault, but no, no, the person's no, no, fault. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. Because the NFL locker room is, is a, the NFL locker room is one place where that does not fly. And besides Mac Jones, where else have you seen that happen? Give me an example. Trevor Lawrence falls in line. Joe Burrow lines in line. I'm so tired of people making excuses for Mac Jones. Like it's starting to really eat at me, dog. Like the I'm guy undermined saying... Bill Belichick out of all people. Undermine Bill Belichick. Do not understand I mean, you, that. Okay, How are so people you have, glossing that over. People just you have you have like people nothing. you have people that may or may not run out coaching staffs if they don't want if they don't like the people that are there. A la you know Tom Brady in, in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Six Super Bowls later. Fine. Yes. Tom Brady has the power to do All that. All I'm Aaron saying Rogers, is, as an MVP, has the power to do that. The Russell times Wilson, have changed. Bowl, Bill Belichick is the greatest of all time, and Matt Jones. Matt Jones. A. a I'm not going to say it. I almost said the word there. I almost said a bad word. Matt Jones, that little piece of crap, undermined <laughs> Bill Belichick. How are, people not more t- how are people not talking about that? Like, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. Because Bill Belichick made Matt Jones into so a what? sympathetic character. So, so that, what? But, Jay, so as what? much what as you joke? don't want to hear this, this is what society is today. Oh. It's everyone else's fault but that person's. Oh, everyone's got to be a victim. We got to make, we got to turn this person into a sympathetic character. Bill did that. Bill put this kid in the sympathetic role. When you have Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman on national television with Joe Buck saying, yeah, I can see where Matt Jones is coming from with this. That, that was it. That, that was it. That's carte blanche for that kid to pretty much do whatever he wants, and everyone's going to understand where he's coming from. Honestly, Jay, I don't think he's taking a quarterback at 14. I think he's, he's either going to take an not. offensive this lineman just, or a wide receiver. Me. You want to yeah, get nuts, like, like maybe your your wish comes true when Hendon Hooker goes there. Um, I think Hooker's going to go a lot higher than Pete, you know, some folks uh, have him. But, I, you know, if he goes in the second or third round, I'm not going to look weird at it. It would make sense yeah. to me. Uh, but just, just get, don't, don't get your hopes just, up. Don't get that, that Will Levis jersey that's okay. ready. That's, that's okay. That's okay. I just, I just cannot for the life of me fathom, even if we don't take another quarterback and Mac Jones is our quarterback next year. I just don't understand how somebody who's done so little in the NFL deserves so much respect. I, I really don't understand that. And the, and the messed up part is I got my problem with Bill Belichick. I really do. I really do have a problem with Bill Belichick. But I don't think he deserves this. I don't think he deserves this from Mac Jones out of all people. Like, what are we talking about here? Actually, Mac Jones did do something in the NFL. What's that? He gritted in the Pro Bowl. Oh, my God. He gritted in the Pro Bowl, and then the next year the Pro Bowl was gone. Like, the, the, the <laughs> NFL was like, if this kid's making this to the Pro Bowl, we got to get rid of this thing, bro. This you know what's going to be, right? like, what would be hilarious? It's not going to happen because he would have to play his Friggin' ass off is if Mac Jones wins comeback player of the year. I would fucking yeah. die if that if that ultimate yeah. troll job happened and yeah. Mac Jones wins comeback well, player of well, the year. Well, you know what, right? You know what would happen then, right? Oh, Bill Belichick, he's pulling the string. He, he turned all the right screws. <laughs> yeah, he, you can't he, get rid of that old silver oh. fox. Bill Belichick broke the horse and then he built him back up. Blah, blah, blah. All that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you can't lose. I can't, can't escape him. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 
I, I know my uh, my Mac Jones hatred runs deep, so I'm sorry about yelling. I'm sorry yelling at you, Puma. It was just uh, a long day, you know. It came out, so I'm sorry about that. It's all right, Jay. <laughs> it's just you know, it's a microcosm of society. It's okay. It, it's not Puma. It's not okay. It's not not the NFL. It you know is what? a microcosm of society, I but not the NFL. I feel like our boy, not the NFL I feel like society. Our boy, you know, uh, you know, is is watching the pod right now. We should, you know, we should ask him if we had more time. Hey, is it a microcosm of society right now? <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, do you want to you want to get to anything else or? Well, no, I think that's it. I think that's it. Before right. we get any farther off the rails, uh, <laughs> um, this episode of the pod and previous episodes of the Pro Football Radio Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, YouTube or anywhere else you get your podcast at YouTube. Be sure to hit the subscribe button and the little bell notification button. So you'll be notified when we go live like this uh, in your news feed. Uh, also leave a five-star review on Apple podcasts, leave a five-star review on Google podcasts, social media wise, Facebook, Instagram, pro football radio podcast, the Twitter machine at PFR podcast. I'm on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma, the captain of the ship, Jay Chima, the ones and twos, is at Jay Chima. Uh, also, Weiser. feel free to check in on him if uh, Will Levis ends up going to New England. Also, feel free to send messages saying that it is a microcosm of society. Otherwise, um, be sure to, uh, to enjoy draft day. It's going to be wild next couple of days, next 48 hours. Uh, you know, I'm actually happy, Jay. I don't have to sweat out the first round as a Dolphins fan because we don't have a pick. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm actually happy about that. Don't let me talk to there, huh? Don't let me We're going to trade back in the first round. Please don't. All right. You guys enjoy your draft night. Oh, before we go, Puma, what is your favorite draft night food? For me, it's wings. Gotta have oh, wings. It's gotta be draft wings. Night. It's wings, wings or you're communist. Wings uh, from Do Drop In? Uh, duh. My man, my man. See you guys next week. Via con Dios.